Hi, and welcome to an episode of the Jet Rails Podcast. I'm Robert Rand, your host. Uh, I'm joined by Brandon Alberts with New Ethic. We're going to be talking with you today about keeping up with uh, Magento 2 end-of-life challenges that uh, Magento 2.0, 2.1, 2.2, all with their own end-of-life dates uh, that have crept up on, on a lot of merchants. Uh, and so we're going to be uh, helping to share some meaningful information about the history of some of these versions of Magento and uh, best practice uh, around upkeeping your Magento 2 site and, and what that life cycle looks like. Um, Brandon, would you do the honors of introducing yourself? Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that, Robert. Yeah, my name is Brandon Alberts with New Ethic Development. Um, New Ethic's been around since 2009. Uh, we've been developing the Magento website since then. Gone through a lot of different iterations with Magento 1.9 and the many, many different versions uh, that they've gone through. We worked on uh, enterprise versions, uh, cloud versions, everything you can name that Magento's changed over the time. Uh, we love community. We do a lot with community and, and feel like it's a very good platform with open source. Uh, I've been in the business. I, I purchased New Ethic uh, back in uh, 2017 from a gentleman that uh, worked for a bunch of different agencies and he built uh, a business called New Ethic because there was a lot of, in 2008, 9, and 10, everybody wanted to have their own custom CMS platforms. And they were proprietary and they were the new thing that, hey, we're such and such business. And we've got our own CMS and it's great. You can get locked in with us. He had uh, several customers that wanted to leave the, the business that he was working for and they wanted to go to like WordPress or something else. And the company said, well, good luck. You're going to need to buy a new domain and a new website and build it out with uh, whatever other platform you want. We'll hold that. We've got to basically help hostage. And so he didn't feel that was very ethical. And um, when he founded New Ethic, that was the, the reason he founded New Ethic was the whole brand that, look, we're going to go with open source. We're going to let you set up uh, Magento open source, or we'll set it up and give you the keys um, so you can let us in and we can make any improvements or changes. And you have full rights and access to your platform. And if you want to cut us off, you can. All you have to do is change your password and we're no longer available to, to touch anything. So that's where New Ethic got started. And the purpose behind it and the values of New Ethic is to help people have uh, full access and transparency with their website. Um, yeah. and I bought it because I, I own a credit card processing business. I've been in that. And the business that I owned was called Value Pay. And it has similar values, and, and the reason I call it value pay is because I, I have similar standards and ethics that New Ethic have, and it was just a really good fit to put these two businesses together and be able to help uh, Magento clients get credit card processing as well as um, do build a website. So we've gone gone that route to help with both both sides of things, and, and that's where we are with New Ethic. Yeah. I'm still bewildered that we're, you know, heading into 2020 and I still run into uh, businesses that find out the hard way that they don't own their website, that um, it's being held hostage in some way or other. They can't get access to the files. They don't have access to their, their hosting environment. They don't own the theme. They don't own some customization or part of their site, you know, that 
uh, it's understandable if, if you're selling on Amazon that sometimes at first you don't realize they're not really your customer. They're Amazon's customers, you know, those things happen at first to merchants. But, uh, you know, when you sign contracts, uh, people tell you they're going to build you your website. Um, but the fine print <laughs> is different. Um, it's still happening today. Um, I, I, I love the fact that, you know, you've got two companies and, um, you know, value and ethics. It's, it's huge. Uh, that I, I can't think of two things more important to an e-commerce merchant today. So um, with that, why, why don't we dive in a little bit? Um, I know uh, Magento 2 first debuted back in 2015. So uh, we're coming, I, I guess we uh, probably are just hitting four years now of, uh, uh, of Magento 2. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, do you remember um, be, before I throw my thoughts on it uh, you know, to the crowd? What, what do you? What were your thoughts around the release of Magento Two? Were was it ex- an exciting time for you? Was it uh, a little bit of chaos? So, I, taking over this business, I got a lot of the back backstory, and uh, I know that uh, back in 2016 or so, Magento, I, and I followed a little before I got into this industry. Obviously, I was doing working with websites before that, so I knew a little bit about Magento. But I, I know that uh, a lot of people were frustrated because it wasn't very stable and, and buggy, and you know it should be being a brand new brand new release and came out with uh, all all open source, so it was uh, very problematic. And then the whole Magento two version started with, I guess Magento, then eBay, then. Uh, a private equity firm. So it's gone through different owners throughout the staging of its life. And I think when it got released, it's just been through a lot of hands and, and yeah. different versions. I, I would so, say there um, was a, a lot of pressure on Magento to get it released. And so what often happens, you know, you have this major project that got released when it was probably, you know, you could say it was in beta. I'll go with alpha. <laughs> it was early. Um, it was very buggy, uh, and y- you know it. It had a lot of positive virtues if you had the money to deal with those bugs, perhaps. Um, you know, and, and the patience if you had the development uh, resource available. Your average merchant certainly didn't. So I think a lot of those early adopters were uh, were frustrated by the experience. But um, a- as with Anything of the kind, you know, Magento One took a long time to reach, you know, the, what I would call true stability, where people were happy with it, the way that they are with Magento One Nine, and you've still got lots of folks that want to be on One Nine. But I think the other confusion on market, which I don't know, you, you'll, I'll ask you, you know, do you still run into merchants that don't understand that going from Magento One to Magento Two is a replatform? Is, do they still have some? misunderstandings about what it's going to take to get a theme and extensions and data moved over and content in the whole nine yards? Yeah, occasionally we do. A lot of uh, people, I think, uh, Magento 2 has been around for quite a while now. When it first came out, I think people were upset because they weren't, they thought that it was just going to be an update and not a platform migration, right? Magento 2 and Magento 1.9 are not the same platform. And it is a whole new website and new database everything so they have to do a migration 
And a lot of people were frustrated with the thought process of migrating versus just doing an update. And then with any software, iOS or uh, Microsoft, you do an update, you click on update now, it just automatically updates and you're done, right? It restarts your computer and you're, you're ready to go. And so I think people were expecting Magento 2 to be similar in that process. And it's taken a lot of time and education to educate people to know that that's not how it works. It's a complete replatform of the website, whether um, you like it or not, that, that's how it goes. And I think we do find people uh, still having issues with that. Last year alone, we had a client that they, they had a, a development company out of the country building a Magento 1.9 website. And before it even hit the market, it was breached and they came to us and they're like, we're just having real problems and we need some help. Uh, can you give us some guidance? There's a little bit of communication issues with uh, who we're working with now. Can you help us out? So we look at their site and we're like, yeah, you, you, you've breached already. Your credit card processing is hacked and you haven't even gone live. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm, I kind of figured it might've been our website because I have a credit card that I used on our site for a test. And it all of a sudden got spent all over the world. Um, and that was the only place I used it was our site as a demo cell. So he was pretty upset to find out that they were building on Magento 1.9 and that he, he'd studied and read about Magento 2. He thought it was just going to be an update. Right. And behold, he found out that it was a full migration build. And we just we ended up rebuilding it on uh, Magento 2. And not doing a migration because it wasn't worth the effort of dealing with the breach. And he hadn't gone public yet with his site, so there wasn't any data on there to really move. So we got him set up on the Magento 2 instance, and he was happy with that. But very frustrated to find out it was not an easy process of migrating. I find that you've got these merchants. By this point, uh, you know they've been hearing if you're on Magento 1 and you haven't been pitched on going to Magento 2 yet, I don't know where you've been hiding, but I, I, I think I want a vacation there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's definitely been overwhelming, um, you know, the, the amount of messaging around the end of life of Magento 1 and the opportunities to upgrade to Magento 2 or something else. Um, I, I think that uh, professionals working with other platforms have all been trying to vie for the space that it's like, you know, the, the ball's in the air. Um, and so it's a great time to try to, you know, treat it like, like a tip off, you know, at, at the beginning of a round there and say, yeah, oh, you know, switch to another platform. Um, you know, we're finding that a lot of folks that, that built on Magento one that were successful with their businesses, that there's a reason, um, why they built on Magento and, and that they're likely to continue forward. Uh, on the other hand, we certainly see, um, some folks that, that were SMB, very low online revenue, um, that, you know, it might make sense to make a shift somewhere else, that especially with Magento 2, um, I, I would say from where I sit that the maintenance cost is higher um, than Magento 1. The development cost is is higher. It, it's a more complex platform. It's it's more robust, <laughs> which is hard for a lot of Magento users to imagine just because Magento 1 um, is such a strong platform. But um, it, in essence, I, I'd say in the early days and when Magento 2 first launched, it was very expensive because you were paying for a lot of bug fixes and you were paying for the learning curve of being you know, on a new platform. Um, and 
not having as many extensions to choose from, having to build customizations and so on and so forth. But even today, uh, I would still see Magento 2 as perhaps a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a cost center than, than Magento 1. Would you? I would totally agree with that. In fact, we've seen um, it's been a, anybody that wants to migrate from Magento 1 to 2, the cost is more expensive than it was originally to build it on Magento 1. And the fact is, is they have to do a full migration of database. They have to do, we have to refactor a bunch of code. And so the, the cost is, is quite a bit more than just building it brand new, fresh. And uh, that's been a problem for a lot of customers when we give them quotes. They're like, wow, I did not expect that, that kind of pricing. And uh, it, it gives them a little bit of heartburn and they, they actually start to look around and a lot of them come back because they don't. They find out that there's they can't do as much customization on, say, a big commerce or Shopify, to where Magento gives them that built-in functionality to change the admin panel or add additional admin panels and um, create custom functionality you just don't get elsewhere. Yeah, I know that we've been partnering up with big commerce around their new offerings in headless commerce trying to offer something that's more open, but there's an absolute difference between, uh, you know, on the spectrum, Shopify, a headless big commerce site, a Magento site. They're not apples to apples. I mean, it's always great when you can get a professional in there that can tell you some of the differences and help you figure out what's going to be best for your individual business. There are use cases, I think, for every platform that, you know, I personally have a lot of respect for these companies uh, but we're not talking apples and apples. Um, For sure, that's we, the we hard did, part. We had a client that they uh, they have, they wanted us uh, to build them a big commerce site, and they came to us and said it's a pretty simple out of the box. And they started talking about a custom ERP integration solution, being able to manage um, kind of an apparent-child relationship, having additional um, employees buy underneath their manager, and all this complex uh, architecture. That just isn't built into big commerce and so we gave them a couple of options to build it into big commerce but there's an app that would do all that functionality outside and we said you know that you guys came to us with a basic idea and and you've turned into now a very complex website and we ended up giving them a, a bid with magento and showing them look the cost actually building the magento is cheaper than it is to build it in big commerce because we have to do it as a third-party app. Mm-hmm. And they ended up deciding to go with Magento. Um, a lot of people are, it's, it's a tough decision, you know, finding out that you have all these custom features in Magento 1.9 and they're still not out of the box solutions for say a Shopify or a big commerce. Mm-hmm. And so they need to rebuild it in something like a Magento and, um, we're experts at doing that, but sometimes finding something that's simpler for that solution for maintenance costs, it, it's, it's a no-brainer to go to another platform and maybe have a little less features and functionality um, for the, the cost of the small business. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to spend $20,000 a year on Magento maintenance if you're only bringing in a couple hundred thousand dollars a year on the website. Agreed. Uh, I would, uh, uh, you know, tell folks the same. And, but there's that breaking point that when you're using too many Shopify apps, and not only the ongoing costs of those, but 
the conflicts between them, your reliance on all of these third-party systems that are hosted elsewhere that you don't control, it starts to really add up in in weight and maintenance and, uh, you know, and complexity of the site. And all of a sudden, you know, instead of getting what you needed out of a core platform and extending that platform, sometimes you wind up on a runaway train of, um, of all these third-party systems that uh, that don't always work to your advantage, um, people don't really realize. It's hard to find out what the the real return on investment is because, like I said, this one client came to us thinking they had a pretty simple out of the box solution, yeah. but when it came down to their parent-child functionality and architecture, that's not really out of the box on any platform. Even Magento, it's not built in there. It, it is built in there, but they wanted to have an approval process that their employees could buy products, but it stops in a queue and gets approved by the, their manager. And once their manager approves it, then that goes back into the order queue and, and gets shipped out and, yeah. and goes into a PO and paid for. And what's uh, interesting is that, you know, that's one particular use case. Obviously, everyone has their own. But at that point, not only do you have to build that if you're going SaaS and, and write it as an app, but that's got to be you know, maintained. It's got to be hosted somewhere, which should be mission critical. It's got to be secure and, you know, not slow down the site and be scalable to handle, um, you know, whatever traffic is is going through your site and, uh, you know, whatever is going on, you know, let's say it's something that's customer facing that, that's going to be uh, impacting the load. You've got all these different things going on um, as these use cases come up. And sometimes, you know, at JetRails, we can host those items, but people are surprised at what it takes to really, um, really go the custom route with these SaaS solutions that yes, you know, they've got APIs, sometimes they're flexible, sometimes they're not, um, depending on the the feature sets that you need to work with. Um, Some platforms are more, you know, more flexible than others, but there's a difference between going open source with something more robust in the first place. And, you know, so I, I, I'm going to circle us back around Magento 2 and, you know, say that, you know, Magento <laughs> 2.0 was pretty rough, but that hit its end of life in, uh, in 2018. Magento stopped pushing out updates for it. Um, 2.1, I'd say, is probably the first time we got to stability in Magento. It came out in 2016 when end of life uh, earlier this year in, in 2019 in the summer. Um, 2.2 is heading in the same direction that basically every year Magento's put out another version of Magento 2. And, uh, you know, we've been seeing those, those hit end of life that basically Magento's not going to keep maintaining every single version. Um, they're going to push you toward the more modern stack, more, you know, the security updates and feature updates and other things so that, uh, you keep up with the times. How have you seen um, that upgrade process working out for merchants. I, I know that it's not a one-click upgrade, obviously, to get for, between the minor and major versions of Magento 2. Yeah, and I think uh, that's been frustrating on everybody's part. Uh, it's been good for us as a development team where we get paid to do development, but that's not always the net, the most uh, important feature for, for a customer, right? It's, it's not, hey, let's take your money to keep you updated, uh, it's been pretty frustrating, I think, for all of us on the development side of it, as well as clients with Magento 2.1 to 2.2.9. Um, 
that's all an update process. So every time you need to do an update or an upgrade, it's a full version update and it's, it's very time consuming and causes a lot of uh, a lot of development time to be put into it. So I think we're finally seeing a, a turn with Magento with 2.3 to where they came out and made it with Magento patch support. That patch support I think is a huge benefit to the community, to every person that has Magento 2.3, but now they're able to actually take a small patch, throw a Band-Aid on where they may be bleeding and move on. And for somebody that's spending money on development, that makes sense because you don't want to constantly be doing these giant updates to grab a few more features um, when you have to do a ton of development time. Well, it just, it, and it's you, you have to prohibitive. Yeah, you have to hope that you can upgrade your extensions that they're going to be compatible with the new version, and you're going to have to deal with that. There's there's going to be some testing to happen when you go through a more major upgrade for sure. You're also uh, you know, more than just the the extensions, but let's say when you go to Magento 2.3, some of the newer features um, with progressive web apps and GraphQL and, and going, in essence, more headless, um, to benefit from it, you're going to build a new front end. <laughs> that may not be something that a merchant's inclined to invest into overnight. It's going to give them a, a faster front end. It's going to do some great things for them, um, maybe some, some really strong... Uh, uh, depending on what they build with it, of course, you know, some, some really strong, uh, you know, user interface. But at the same time, you can't always budget for that. Um, you know, things like that have to be planned and scheduled sometimes. And um, you know, can't be doing things like that every year. So I think that builds some of the challenge in. So today, if you are building someone on Magento 2, I guess knowing that 2.2 goes end of life, um, this December, ne next month, so th this year, uh, is it safe to say that you're building them on the latest stable version of 2.3? And that's, Absolutely. that's we, where you're we, going. We don't ever do any, uh, when we do development, we're always working on the latest versions. And like I said, for us, 2.3, I feel like is a turning point in Magento. I feel like it's a huge turning point in the fact that maintenance is going to go down. Um, I think that customers over the past three to four years with Magento 2.0 have felt very frustrated with the upgrade process and the way the infrastructure was set up. It just wasn't easy for updates. And now with 2.3 going forward, we have that patch uh, and version control that I think is a little easier for people um, to pallet. Uh, so we always do any of the latest builds. Anytime we start a new build, we're starting out on, on the latest version possible, but absolutely the 2.3 version is, I think, a game changer for us and our clients on new builds because it's going to cost them less in the long run to maintain. I feel like Magento 1.9 got to a real good stable part when we were doing just patch updates and upgrades, and mm -hmm. it was very simple. It would take us four hours to do a, a patch. Yeah, it's just put in the security cool. patch, test it, you know, push it out to live. Lot simpler than than going through a full upgrade. I'm with you there, and look, it, you know, maybe it, it helps people skip a few iterative versions um, until they can warrant a bigger update. Um, I know sometimes those leaps can be difficult onto themselves, but you know, that, I think that's part of the challenge is that being on Magento two, uh, you've really been pushed to stay up to date, to stay cutting edge, um, and 
you haven't really been able to, to get to that happy place. So I, I'm glad to see the patches as well. Um, and hopefully those continue to, to meet the need. I know we're, you know, for people on Magento 232, they recently put out a, a patch um, with promises to continue on in that, uh, in that direction. Now, Magento 2.3 is supposed to continue to get updates until somewhere in mid-2021. Um, but I know that they've been talking about releasing Magento 2.4 somewhere around Q1 of 2020, that we're probably a few months away at, at most. And probably, uh, they'll probably have it, be, I would imagine, for Magento Imagine, um, which is going to happen at the end of March of 2020. So I think that's a pretty safe bet that they'll want to announce by then uh, Magento 2.4. Um, you know, at that point, people are going to have to decide. But I, I think you're right that if they're going to put out security updates for Magento 2.3, people may just stay with that for a while uh, and stay in a safe place. Yeah, Magento 2.3 just came out too, so it's it's got a little got a little while um, before there's any I think major changes. They've added some Elasticsearch and some other uh, simple WYSIWYG updates and things. It's made. Magento 2.3, I think a little better than, than the previous version. So we are continuing to see good progress with Magento. And uh, I don't know, 2.4, who knows what they'll come up with. It, it'll be exciting to see. Yeah, I'll be excited to see if they get back to some of the earlier roadmap. I know that um, since the Adobe acquisition, there's been a big push to integrate a lot of Adobe product into the Magento core platform. Um, so it'll be interesting to to see what they what else they bring in from Adobe and what else they <laughs> they focus on that's more uh, core e-commerce centric um, and not just synergy with the Adobe brands. Um, you know, there, there's been a mix of both happening, uh, and so you know which track will get more traction. Uh, I'll be interested to see what what makes it into the final version there. Um, in the meantime, I know that uh, Magento. Um, you know, they've had various other side products um, that have had some shifts. Um, Tomando had been bought by Neopost, and Tomando's what's been powering Magento shipping. And so at this point, that's an end-of-life product. Neopost was losing money on Tomando and decided to shutter up that, uh, that business even, you know, after whatever investment they made into acquisition. Uh, I guess they couldn't do it. It didn't produce the way that they were hoping. Um, so I know people are shifting over to other platforms like Shipper HQ. Um, I don't know if you've run, run into anyone that was using Magento shipping. I, I never saw a big volume of users on that, but we do. We have a lot of uh, we're a partner or referral partner with Shipper HQ. We don't get paid anything from it, but they're they're a good product, and so we we send people their way just because it seems to be a very stable company, and uh, I think we'll see it continuing to be even more stable just because. Losing that commando is, is a sad thing. It takes away most of the options. There's only a few options there anyway, but uh, I think it will continue to go towards that Shipper HQ push. Yeah, and I, I think Shipper HQ, um, it's a good team. You know, they, they came out of uh, that web shop apps business and, uh, you know, even the CTO over there had created Blue Jalapeno and they've got, you know, years and years of experience in the community. Um, and they've built a strong product uh, around that, um, you know, just iteratively. 
uh, you know, building some, some really strong feature sets for those that need some complexity in their shipping uh, in order to make the sales that they need to make. And that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but uh, it, it's a nice platform and, and it's really uh, what I would consider community centric as a company they have their ear to the ground. They're very involved in the Magento community. So I think that they've helped a, a lot of Magento merchants to rise to the occasion and um, meet their needs as reasonably as possible. So that, that's an interesting one. At the same time, seeing shifts in uh, some of the payment gateways available to Magento users. I know in Europe, they had a new standard come out, um, PSD2, uh, which requires things like uh, you know some form of two-factor authentication in the checkout to help avoid fraudulent orders. Um, and that's that's led Magento to deprecate some payment gateways like CyberSource and eWay. Um, and I think that's interesting because at some point they're going to, um, I, I expect them to move forward with Magento payments. My understanding is that that's one of those things that was in the Magento roadmap that got sidelined for some of the Adobe editions. Um, and so they haven't quite... Uh, finished up with it, but that's a mix of Braintree and Signified uh, coming together um, a- as something being offered directly by Magento, sort of like Shopify does, has Shopify payments. Sure. I imagine much to the, when this does release, it'll be much to the chagrin of, uh, you know, some long-term um, players in the Magento community around payments and fraud, but, um, but still really interesting to see some of the shift happening um, in Magento's core and and uh, how they're uh, they're dealing with the payment space. They're basically saying if you want to use, let's say, CyberSource moving forward, you've got to go to the Magento marketplace and uh, install an, an extension that it's not going to be part of the core anymore. Um, I think that comes down to uh, CyberSource bought out Authorize.net and CyberSource uh, then got acquired by Visa and they decided, hey, we have two different gateway code bases. Let's start maintaining one, which is a wider use product, Authorize.net. So let's let's put more man, uh, manpower and resources behind Authorize.net, and we'll slowly taper off and, and shut down the cyber source gateways. Just my, my opinion. No, that, I know that for a fact. But that makes sense. And, you know, I, I, I'll have to ask some of my friends over at, at Authorize.net and Visa and what have you, cyber source, and see if... There's any inside track to be had to why that's happening, but that would make sense. Maintain one gateway in Magento's core. Um, you know, I understand Magento's been adding more co- core bundled uh, extensions, in essence, adding in more third-party systems with different releases of Magento too. And so, cutting back on maintenance of some, basically saying, look, if you want to keep using that, go. You know, deal with the. Uh, you know, deal with them directly. We're not going to deal with it in the core, you know, just get the extension that you need from, from the developers. It makes sense. But uh, in that, I'm not sure what the story is with eWay, but I, I, it, uh, the hypothesis around uh, CyberSource consolidating um, with Authorize.net, it certainly makes sense at least. Um, yeah. That's, sure. If I do find out something, I'll add it to the show notes. That That's an interesting one. Um, so, you know, we, we know some of the, the future, you know, at the same time, there are some of these additional feature sets like uh, the PWA Studio, the Progressive Web App Studio, that um, we're now at, at version four of that, and it's still 
moving along, I know that there's still a lot of work to be done if you want to launch, um, you know, PWA front end with, uh, with PWA studio. Has your team worked on any of those? I know that that's still early days for a lot. Yeah, we've done a few. Um, we just don't see a big need for uh, the PWA. If you're in kind of more of a repeat customers and a lot of repeat clients, um, reoccurring billing, things like that, I think PWA is a no-brainer, which is some of the clients that we've worked with. Whereas if you're more of a, a, a single purchase store, I just don't see a regular person downloading your website as an app. Uh, it doesn't make any sense for me to go buy one product and then never come back, but I download as an app. So obviously, uh, as a PWA progressive web app, you want it to to be something that you're selling constantly to clients, whether it's uh, food or something else, and it's a recurring service that makes it a little easier to to operate and buy in an app, and it's faster because it's cached on the on your phone. So it makes sense to do PWAs. We just haven't had a lot of call for it. We've worked with a lot of manufacturers and they yeah. don't, uh, they're, they're more B2B functionality. So we haven't seen a lot of need for it. Yeah, I know that there's going to be more and more use case f- for these, these PWAs. I've been seeing some interesting ones, probably, you know, good, uh, good future topics here on the podcast. But, you know, I, I guess it, it may even add some complexity to the sales process for Magento too. Do you go traditional front end? Um, do you go with, with PWA? And, you know, you're adding that on top of if you're still coming from Magenta 1 and, you know, going back to an earlier topic, you had years of customization, years of data, years of things going on. It's kind of like when you first moved into your house and you only had, you know, some stuff. But by the time you're ready to move out, there's a lot more stuff to move, uh, you know, that the job got bigger. Um, so if anything, I, I suppose that... Um, that, that maybe, you know, for those that, that are maybe more retail focused or that are seeing the value in, um, in using the, this, uh, you know, PWA technology um, and, and building a progressive web app that, that is probably adding to the complexity of the, the build, you know, that there's more to decide. And, um, and really, you know, with PWA Studio, although, you know, they're getting there, um, there's more work to be done to build out the front of your site that there are base Magento integrations and features that aren't necessarily there uh, in PWA studio that you've got to connect. So uh, it's definitely (laughs) interesting times in the community. Yeah. We'd love to see more come from, uh, from Magento on that PWA and see how it goes in the future. I, I still think that there's certain use cases that, that it's fantastic for, and, and so I, I don't think a mass majority of Magento merchants have, have put an effort into the PWA because there's not a huge need for it. But maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe that's my opinion. I, I see a lot of our clients are, yeah. are uh, manufacturers that, that are selling to bigger businesses and they, they, they sell smaller transactions or bigger, bigger size transactions, but just not as much volume. Yeah. I, well, I happen to like it just for the loading speed improvements. So, you know, for websites that they can take advantage of that, um, it's pretty light and fast, uh, when you do it right, but in general, you're adding cost and complexity. And so I, I look at it a lot like when Magento two came out, um, and you know, was it time yet? Did you want to be an early adopter? 
Well, in some cases, yes, you're in a dogfight for customers. And if you can build, uh, you know, a better user interface, something faster, something, you know, more uh, ingenious, you know, then yeah, you're, you're going to invest into that however you can. But for your average business, that's not necessarily something that they want to be involved in that there's, um, you know, th- there's a technology cost there, um, where they're not going to, they'll be, they'll go with, with Magento and stay more cutting edge, but they won't necessarily, uh, go with, with the, that kind of feature set. That's just gonna um, be a little bit more than the, to bite off that. than they're ready to chew, uh, at the moment. So, um, but interesting to hear. So, you know, B2B not really running into a lot of it. Um, I, I do see more and more, uh, Magento sites launching that are B2B today than, than ever. Um, and I wonder if some of that's just because of the market, um, because there are so many wholesalers and manufacturers and distributors that still haven't gone into the e-commerce world and they're still playing catch up. Maybe this is their first or second site. Whereas for retail, they've been at this longer. They have had a choice, um, or whether it's just because Magento as a more complex platform is lending itself to more uh, more of these use cases where they need the complexity of an open source system. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine that the truth probably lies somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, I think uh, time will tell as we, as we continue to grow that uh, we'll see more and more progressive web apps. I just know that with the, the few that we've worked with didn't see a lot of uh, users using it. So we haven't gone ahead and tried to sell a lot of it because it just doesn't i feel like there's still not a mass market push for a need for an app when you can use a mobile website Um, i do see efficiency like amazon and things like that but i i I just don't see uh, a lot of single providers like nike that need an app that are selling a ton of shoes and and have you purchasing shoes every month I'm not going to download a Nike app. I just am not. So I yeah. don't see that, that well, necessary and, reason. And some of the benefit of, of some of the PWA technologies, the ability to have, in essence, an app that loads without downloading an app specifically with sort of just having that experience through your browser, having it be more appish. <laughs> yeah. If that, uh, I'm, I'm going to make up that word and not be happy that I did either. It doesn't sound great, but um, have more of the app experience without necessarily having to go to, uh, you know, the whatever, you know, Google Play Store or, or you know, go through Apple and download a specific app uh, in order to interact, just having that right through your browser. I mean, there, there are definitely benefits to the PWA, right? You have push notifications, yeah that you're able to uh, send out uh, coupons or, or uh, daily sales or whatever to, to your clients. And so that's fantastic. But you can also do that on your website now. Yeah. So if somebody comes, you can, every time I go to a website now, it seems like I, it's either allow or block. I'm always pushing yeah, allowing browser notifications, things of that nature. There's, there's definitely more of that, you know, a little different than maybe some of the, the push notifications of a traditional app. But there's a lot that you can do. You know, what, what I've been running into, and these are so unique, um, you know, they're, and I suppose a lot of it is retail. You know, they're folks that want you to be scanning something in their store or, you know, they've got, there's so many features that you can build in into a progressive web app now. And again, by making it faster to, and, and easier to just access these features and, 
um, and have this this experience with this lighter, faster loading site, um, especially around the globe where you know you're not always in strong Wi-Fi or 4G or soon to be 5G. Um, it's interesting. I, I, you know, we should probably touch on this one again in, in the future, maybe come back to it, see how it's changed, see, <laughs> see if the, the jury has come back any different with you on, on the PWA yeah. tech in the future. But, um, you know, I, I know that these are the kinds of things that for Magento um, that are really the cutting edge, that are allowing merchants to differentiate between the user experience that you're going to get on Amazon or, um, or, or some other, you know, random place, um, you know, that that's in some case, especially in, in retail, uh, it's important to have that user experience, to have that customer journey that's, that's curated and enjoyable and easy and different. Um, and, and that's what, uh, I think a lot of winning brands are doing. It was great to recently see Nike, um, decide that they tested out selling on Amazon and they're leaving it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, going back to brands like that, you know, I mean, obviously they're as large as you get and they care a lot about their brand as a brand um, more than just their product sales. Um, but I think that that's a lot of the future um, for brands in general. It's, uh, it's how do they build an e-commerce experience not just how do they build a store. Um, and, and so, you know, while B2B might be more centered around the functionality and the ERP connections and the quote systems and the buyer experience of having different buyers within a company and approval processes and being able to order in bulk by SKU and doing all these, these different things that are, are more of that, uh, you know, being able to have store credits and, by using different net terms, having limited availability that um, that retail is going to be dominated by the customer experience. Already is, I hope. <laughs> Those are the winners out there. Um, so, you know, it, it's been really fun chatting about, um, you know, some of this uh, Magento 2 uh, end of life, uh, you know, that, that has been happening um, and, and that will continue to impact merchants, obviously, you know, from the web hosting side of things. And, and I imagine, um, Brandon, from the web development side of things, you know, our number one concern is that folks stay up to date, stay secure, that they don't face security issues, um, you know, features they can, you know, roadmap and choose to move forward with as they see fit. But we always want to see merchants um, staying up to date. And that includes on the hosting layer, being on a version of Magento that'll keep up with the latest versions of PHP and other server software so that uh, they don't have security holes. Um, do you have any final thoughts to add on, on today's no, topic? Yeah, I, I, I would love to. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, let me come on this podcast with you and take some time to talk. Uh, I do think that uh, there's the future going forward with Magento looks bright and exciting to uh, be able to do some simpler patches and updates that haven't been really available or is easy to do in Magento 2 and 2.1 and 2.2. And so 2.3 going forward, we're, we're excited about the, the uh, potential there and the ability to do some simpler updates. I know we have uh, several clients that have very large, heavily customized sites. And so doing those updates is very demanding on them and they, 
don't like doing them and uh, it's, it's hard to get them to make that shift. In fact, we have one client right now that they want to wait till uh, next year to, to do an update. And we, we've been pushing for probably six months now to do some updates and they just, because of the cost, they, they are choosing not to. And uh, it's, it's very resource intensive over the past few years with Magento too. And I think it's, Hoping, I'm hoping that it will be less resource intensive for future maintenance and updates. And uh, I look forward to seeing how how that changes in the future. If there's any differences with Magento 2.4, but as you know, security and security breaches are always a hard thing to to uh, constantly be keeping up ahead of. And uh, I don't think the businesses put that at the forefront. They they prefer sales over security. And uh, I think it, it's hard for us to find the clients that, that are focused on both um, because of the resource costs that it takes to keep them up to date. So we're excited to see the future of Magento 2.3 and, and what it will bring forward with us. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you again for joining today. This was uh, fun as ever. Uh, always great to chat with you. And, um, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in for another episode. Um, please follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Stay up to date as new episodes are coming out. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And feel free to give us one of those five-star reviews of, uh, uh, of the podcast. We appreciate it. It helps. And uh, happy selling. Thanks.